What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode 165 of Smack Talk, presented by SmartOutMoment.com. I am your host of the panel, Tony Mango, and joining me on the mic for this episode is Mike Payton. What's shaking, y'all? If anyone out there has a handy supply of Bosco sticks, please mail them to Mega Powers Plaza in Parts Unknown. Yes! I want some of these Bosco sticks that I keep hearing so much about. True. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that, uh... That's your introduction. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, I'm here for the ladies. <laughs> I think you came to the wrong place, buddy. <laughs> Follow that up, Wego. Poop my pants. <laughs> so our main event for this episode is going to be actually uh, two different main events. We're going to do the mailbag questions of the week, and we're going to run down a top rope list of our favorite or the best Royal Rumble moments ever in WWE history. Per usual, we've got some hot tags coming up in part two. Warning, though, not too much happening this week, so that's going to be a quick one. Rest hold break in part three. Latest updates and trades for the Fantasy League at the tail end of the show. And right now in part one, we're going to kick off the show with the wrestling trivia question of the week, otherwise known as the Ask Him. Ask Him. Ask Him. <laughs> Are we asking him? Ask oh, him. Excuse me, sir. Can you please ask him? <laughs> excuse me, sir. See, this is what you get for bitching about how enthusiastic it was last week. Yeah. <laughs> the Askers 1997 were better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, the Ask Him consists of two questions. The first is for the panel of the show, and it ties somehow into the second question, which is presented into the audience. Not into the audience, it doesn't make sense. To the audience to answer. Let's backtrack a little bit to last week's question, which was from myself. How many Royal Rumble winners went on to win the title at WrestleMania? The answer was 13 of them. I already broke down the 13, so I'm not going to list them. The question of the audience was, who is the first person to gain the World Championship after winning the Royal Rumble? And I originally had Ric Flair down as my answer. Peyton pointed out something else, though, that was an alternative, and that's if I wanted to be a real dick with the Tony question... It could also be Hulk Hogan, because technically Hulk Hogan did win a Royal Rumble and then went on to win the uh, World Championship. So credit uh, to people who guessed for either of those. And um, surprisingly, everybody guessed one of those, too. Jamie O'Halloran went with Ric Flair, 92. Johnny Castaway, Ric Flair. Rosa Show said, ha, fuck you, Tony. I actually know this one. It's Ric Flair. Woo, woo, woo. And uh, more Supremo went with Hulk Hogan because fuck it and Tony go to hell. <laughs> it's gotten to the point where it's so like I- I'm gonna get the uh, the Miguel death threats. <laughs> I think. But you guys are all gonna be happy about this because the ask him for this week is not a Tony question. It is a Mike Payton question. So what is it? See, the problem is I out Tonyed you last week. Yeah, that's so, true. I don't know what people are going to be in store for this week. Well, Tony already explained how the Ask Him works, so I'll just cut the BS and get right into it. Of course, the theme for my Ask Him is Royal Rumbles. And so let me ask you guys first. Ask you guys first. Ask you guys what first. are the first three themes we heard as entrances for Royal Rumble entrance? Uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley's. Bob Backlund's. And Simon Dean's. Uh, I want to go with Henry Godwin. Not even close. Damn. <laughs> On any of those? None of them. Oh. 
I thought 96 was the first one with the entrances. Nope. Shit, alright, I have no idea then. Well, if you go to 1988, the first two entrants is uh... X and Smash, so we hear Demolition Steam twice. And then they don't have any other entrance music throughout the entire Rumble. I think, In fact, I don't think they have it at all again until 1996, except for one random guy in the 1988 Royal Rumble. Was it Hulk Hogan? It was not Hulk Hogan. It was Jake Shake the Snake Roberts. That was what, 89? 80, 89, yes, sorry, I say 88, I meant 89. So is, are we counting Demolition's theme for both of them as yes. two people? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's two teams because they, they restarted it. It's not like they, oh, okay. tank, they restarted it. Oh, okay. All right, so there's that question for you guys. More importantly, the question for the audience. Let's see how much you like this one. Who was the first person to actually make an entrance as an entrant of the Royal Rumble match? Ah, that's a good one. So you guys know the score by now. If you want to take a guess or you know the answer, leave a comment below or send a tweet at SmartOutMoment with the hashtag AskHim. And next episode, we'll tell you the answer and break down who got it right, who got it wrong, and who sends death threats to anybody else. <laughs> So we're going to roll along with the hot tags in part two. Then we're going to keep things going with the rest hold and the main events and the fantasy league. So stay tuned, everybody. Click on that next video, and we will see you there. Hot tag time, everybody. Oh, fuck me. Drew, I told <laughs> you to wear gloves. Uh, you know, yeah, don't you know? I, Safety first when you're handling these hot tags, man. Ah, God, I don't know. This is a, That was an Eddie Guerrero hot tag. Just fucking slapped the shit out of me. A what? <laughs> what? Um, so that'd, that'd be a what? That'd be a big show hot tag where he just slaps the shit out of Mark Henry. Does that mean that we need a spirit of hot tags? <laughs> well, this is already definitely a hot tag. <laughs> Though that's our that's the first hot tag this week. We have a new name for the hot tags. Yeah, and that's Drew's comment for it. Well, this is a hot tag. <laughs> for fuck's sake! This has got off to a terrible start. <laughs> or is it an amazing start? Huh? No, it's fucking uh, terrible. No, it's uh, not Alrighty, uh, since I mentioned that not much was going down in the previous segment, we uh, were rounding out some other topics here. I kind of got rid of one or two stupid little ones, and we replaced them with some other things to talk about, so we actually have a little bit of meat uh, on the bones for this. Meat but, on um, the bones, yeah, this <laughs> Let's throw out the first one here. The new broadcast teams for Raw and SmackDown. What do you guys think about this? I'm okay with it for the most part, but I don't think that it's the best that they could possibly go with. Well, what are they? They are uh, three sets of um, different commentary teams, I think, that they have different ones for main event and superstars. But uh, Raw and SmackDown, Raw is going to continue with Booker T, Cole, and JBL. And SmackDown, if I'm remembering correctly now that I don't have that written down, uh, I think it's JBL, Cole, and uh, Byron Saxton. Uh -huh. Or no, 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 it's uh, Jerry Lawler and uh, Byron Saxton and Cole. Why does Cole need to be on both? Oh, he's, he's been on like both for like... WWE. He's been on both for a while now. But why? Because. Like, what makes Michael Cole so fucking good? I don't know. Because when he JBL annoys. says his name, it comes out Maggle. But JBL isn't there to say Maggle on fucking SmackDown. Maybe they could just like have a soundboard like you do, and maybe why maybe not? They, they use that to pipe in all the crowd cheers. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe Byron says something like 
remotely like that, so that's why they're bringing him. No, up. he's um, the on-air, well-spoken black guy. Oh, so he's the Booker T. No, because Booker no, T's not well spoken. Well... <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, this is fine. Any shaking up is good. We've been complaining for weeks about Jerry Lawler, so at least now he's over on SmackDown where I don't have to watch him. He is going to do the pay-per-views, though. The pay-per-views. fuck. Yeah, the pay-per-views are going to be Cole, JBL, and Lawler. Well, at least we're um, going to Royal Rumble, and we'll be there in the audience where we don't have to hear the fucking announcers. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? You guys should all be thanking me, because I actually had a conversation with Joanna going back about four uh, four months where I went, God, I wish Jerry Lawler would just get fucking diverticulitis. Got diverticulitis. Mm, you did well, not. You. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. I what? wish diverticulitis. You would be surprised. <laughs> Ever since Brock Lesnar got diverticulitis, I wish it upon everybody. And it worked. Well, then. I'll drag John in here and have her tell you. I'm actually... Uh, I don't know if I like the new commentary teams too much. I really am not a fan of JBL and Michael anymore. Really? <laughs> I uh yeah I I don't well, I don't know if I'm a fan of face and heel commentators because especially JBL because he goes back and forth especially when it comes to uh, that one group I don't know if you heard about the Ascension yeah apparently he doesn't like anyone who brings up Hawk apparently oh, he's like Lance Storm that's that tag team that's kind of like the Road Warriors but better yeah <laughs> but- <laughs> actually the Ascension is considerably better in the ring yeah well I am. I just don't know about those two. Like, th- they were used to be like really good when they first when JBL first showed up, but recently it's just those two arguing about the uh, authority right. and whether or not people should be fired or not. Which I'm sorry, but do you do you remember like JBL's first run as a commentator? It was better. No, he was fucking awful. No, he was a lot better back when he was just like, "Shut up, Michael." No, he was just like, "Ah, oh, we're here. The lights are on bright." Like that's every fucking episode. The lights are on bright. I loved him better back when he was a heel commentator on SmackDown. Well, anyways, I just do not know if I like those two as much as I used to. Actually, I prefer Booker T over the two of them. Because Booker T's like, oh man, I I guess I'll get him over if I have to. I never thought I'd say (laughs) the day where TNA actually made the best move as far as their announced team. Adding Josh Matthews? More so getting rid of Mike today. (laughs) (laughs) I like Josh Matthews. I think that he wasn't given a fair uh, treatment. I was a fan of Josh Matthews. I thought he could be someone they put on Raw eventually, but they just kept him on SmackDown for some reason. At the very least, he was a lot better than like the Scott Stanfords and the Todd Phillipses and stuff like that. You know what's sad? We're in 2015 and Jim Ross is still just above everybody at commentating. It's fucking sad. Well, he always will be for the most part. doesn't go away. Well, the, you I mean, know, that kind of brings up an interesting thing, though. I mean, we've talked about this, of course, you know, uh, just having our own little conversations and stuff. And I'm sure it's been brought up on the show before, but if you guys could have a team for Raw and SmackDown of anybody from anybody uh, in the history of WWE, who would your teams be? Because the only things that come to my mind, I would love to have Jim Ross with Bobby Heenan for Raw. And SmackDown, probably Michael Cole uh, and somebody else. I don't know, maybe... Um, I'd never put Michael Cole out there, period. I just don't I, think he's a good I like commentator. Cole. I no, think that Cole's a, a standout kind of um, basic sort of... award-winning uh, journalist. <laughs> and? You know, you know what, to uh, his defense, he wasn't really brought into WWE. He just went into WWE because he needed a job. 
so to get where he got to now as like the play-by-play commentator, he had to learn a lot. So I will give him credit where credit is due. And a lot of the annoying things about Cole are not on Cole. Yeah, they're Vince McMahon. Okay, this I'll put, I'll give you the reason why I don't like Michael Cole. Michael Cole, not once in his career, has had a fantastic call where I go, oh, guys, do you remember when Michael Cole, Michael Cole, Michael Cole did that amazing call? I've never once been emotionally invested in anything he's ever commentated, and that's and that makes him a bad commentator. Well, I get mostly I get mostly involved in matches, whether than the commentators. So the Dude, commentators listen. are meant to elevate a good match by twenty. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, most with the commentators they have nowadays, I usually just tune them out and I just focus. And that's solely a on problem. The match. Give credit where it's, it's due. It's not a problem. It's like being there live. If you're there live, you can't hear the commentators. So why does I, it matter? I will tell you why Cole is excellent and why he's good. Where Cole really has excelled is in the toughest moments. Um, one part that especially sticks out to me is the the night Lawler had that heart attack. Yeah, that was a how much he carried it and like how much he was doing those updates on the screen. Like that's that's some serious shit for him to pull that off. Not just me. I think he gained a lot of people's respect that night. Another thing that he's really fucking awesome at pronouncing WWE. <laughs> that dude can do it better than anybody other than maybe me and Gene. And he just kind of, I can't fucking do it. Like, I have to struggle to say WWE. And he's just like, no, WWE. Like, he spits it out like he's one of those speed talkers or something. It's fucking yeah, awesome. Don't get me wrong. Michael Cole's heading above, like, all the fucking Todd Grisham's, uh, Josh Matthews, and anyone else that we had like that. But when you're talking about the elite of the elite play by play, he cannot get me emotionally invested. And if he can't do that, then he's not doing his job right. What would yeah, your uh, two yeah. teams be then, Wigo? I don't know if I can come up with two teams. Obviously, the greatest announcer of all time is going to be Jim Ross. It's plain as day. And honestly, back when Jerry Lawler was in a, on his um, A game, he was a fantastic heel commentator, and that duo is always going to be the duo for me. The only other color commentator that I liked um, with JR was Paul Heyman. I thought he was fucking fantastic. Yeah, I like Heyman. And he doesn't actually get enough credit for his role is in that. Is it bad if I thought Jonathan Coleman was good? I like the coach. Oh, coach. Jonathan Coleman? <laughs> That's his whole name. Sorry, he's on ESPN now. And no, he was oh. never called Coleman. He was called Coachman. That's <laughs> <laughs> why he's called The Coach. <laughs> that, that, I'm, I'm white, I don't know. I knew what you meant. I was going to let it slide. but No, I wasn't going to let that slide. <laughs> don't fucking watch Sports Center. We don't know this shit. Michael so I guess, uh, I guess that's his new name for the uh, list. Then. <laughs> the Cole? Jonathan yeah, the Coleman. Cole. <laughs> it's the Cole. And Michael Coach. <laughs> would coach be on your team uh for your best of the two kind of thing drew um he's one i'd put on there i like josh matthews uh jim ross is jim ross like you said you know remember that one time kane lit him on fire i think kane had a shot with that um if i had to really you want to know who was actually good at commentating, and I think if he didn't like sever his ties with WWE, he could have been a commentator someday. CM Punk. Yep, you're right. I was actually gonna say that too, and I'm sure paid and doesn't hate to hear. Yeah, it. he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't want to hear about it. But honestly, those few times he was on Superstar, I actually, that, I think that was like the only time I went back and watched Superstars was when he was on it, and he I, he, was he, the best heel commentator in a long time. But here's yeah. the thing: he would not be able to keep that up. No. I, oh, I bet he. Oh, I bet after a while he could. You know what? I think he could keep it up, but I imagine the guys who are in his ear wouldn't let him. Yeah. 
I'll tell you one person I wouldn't add into this list that a lot of people would probably gush over. Joey Styles? Yep. Yeah, fuck Joey Styles. No, Never been fan. overrated. People only like, like Joey because of his voice. I'll give him credit. That's the worst part about him. Um, I'll give him credit where it's due. He called pay-per-views entirely on his own. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's tough. I'll give him credit for that. But he's not a fantastic announcer. Mm-mm. And I hate the whole, oh my god thing. Oh my god. It was more the cool thing if you, was, if you liked the ECW cool thing. Oh, but guys, he was able to call matches all by himself. Even JR needed help. That's why he's <laughs> the best. Oh, oh fucking A. A guy ranted by himself for fucking an hour. It's not a big deal. Anybody can do that. And if you like rent, and if you like ranting for an hour, check out Wigo Rants. <laughs> Even though they're only half an hour. <laughs> Sometimes fifteen minutes. <laughs> what would your teams be, Peyton? Um, I like Jr. and I think he's a fine guy to have there for now. Um, I would have him as the main voice of the team for now. Uh, on color. Oh, do not say Renee Young. On color. I would have another very good friend of Jim Ross, someone else who has been making some uh, names for himself as a radio-type voice, and that is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I would love hearing his insights throughout all the matches are going on. He's a guy who knows how to put people over. If you listen to his podcast, my God, he does more in each one of those episodes to put over some of the young talent than fucking those announcers do through a whole three-hour episode of fucking Raw. Here's the thing, though. I could imagine him going, oh, this is some great professional wrestling, right, Vince? (laughs) Well, shit, isn't that what fucking, um, isn't that just what CM Punk would do? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but Punk would be more of a dick about it. More self-serving. Oh, man, imagine Stone Cold and Vince as a commentary team. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, man, that'd be amazing. Um, but, yeah, and then as far as, like, a, a fresh up-and-comer to throw with the team to continue it moving forward, I, I can't I, – no, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I would put Corey Graves there. I knew you were about actually about to say that. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched NXT for a couple weeks, so I, has he been doing good down there? He's okay. He's new. I think he's so, gonna. I think he's gonna settle into this role very well, though. I think he's got a lot of potential. For you know, him. you know what I hate. I think his issue is especially. I think it's his look because he has all those yeah. tattoos on him. The tattoos, I think that might hold the him weird back. Hair. He's got to do something different with his hair. And even like, though he's a commentator, he's the they issue. still show him a lot, and I feel like that will turn turn some people away. Like, oh, this guy's calling the matches. What the fuck does he know? Well, they Jr. has him. Bell's palsy, so yeah. I don't think. Yeah, yeah and Vince didn't want that on TV either. The biggest issue that Corey Graves has going for him now is uh, he hasn't found who he is yet. No. I find when new commentators step up to the plate, it's this is my impression of another commentator. Well, he's also still bringing a lot of his wrestling persona into it as well, and I think he needs to distance himself from that. I think he needs to be like um, like Jason Alberts, just completely drop the act and be you. How about he just randomly puts his finisher on the other commentators, tells him to act- stay down, and walks off? Actually, I did like Jason Alberts as a commentator. I think he's a he wasn't too bad at it. Actually, he's a trains better. Yeah, he's he's actually not bad either. He's not someone I would groom as a future person, but as an extra hand to have on the team. Shit, he's a lot better than a lot of these other jabronis they have around. No, I, I think mean, well, I don't know. Really as good on commentary as he is good on like a panel. Yeah, I think he could be someone you could put on SmackDown and like try to groom up and comers. I think that he's, could be something. Or you put him on the main stars. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. He, like not just as a commentator, but he's a guy who could like be there to talk to the talents. And, you know, he's one of those few people that are still around today that have wrestled all over the world. 
So he has that knowledge. That, he can say, this is how you do a comedy character, this is how you do a legit character. He's done everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is how you uh, beat Tensai. <laughs> this is how you beat Japanese when you're not Japanese. This is how you single-handedly take down Tao. To be so, fair, though, remember how, hard they, remember how hard they pushed that character at first, man, with those video packages, and he comes out with these long entries. They had him beat Cena clean? Like, Jesus. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I was okay with beating Cena, because it was funny. Uh, let's move on Jeez. to another hot tag here. We've got um, WWE is going to be working out a deal with the Tap Out brand. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with Tap Out. I've heard of them, but I'm not really familiar with the merchandise itself. Are they just basically, like, t-shirts and shit? So, Charles Lewis Mask, who was behind the entire brand, uh, pretty much uh, promoted MMA through uh, his uh, brand Tap Out, which garnered a lot of attention for UFC and got them on the map, and also got his own brand on the map, so it was kind of working hand-in-hand, and it's always been associated as a UFC brand. So they're trying to get out of that bubble and try and venture into new things, and pro wrestling is probably the most logical choice for them. What's the matter? What? UFC not giving them the kind of money it used to? Probably, because they've just signed a deal with Reebok. Hmm. Um, so the as far as that, as far as like the brand goes, though, I find it really tainted. Because as soon as I hear tap out, I imagine some douchebag walking into Hooters to watch a UFC pay per view, fucking spilling beer and chicken wings down. No, you wonder what you wonder who I think about whenever I think of someone wearing a tap out shirt. I always think the, about the wannabe wrestlers who like show up to two days of wrestling practice at school, but then they quit because it's too difficult. That or like they show up at the gym or something like that. You know who actually I remember wearing a tap out shirt? Kurt Angle, who kind of is um, that guy, only he succeeded. From what <laughs> <laughs> From what I remember, they actually um, had a tap-out t-shirt made for Kurt Angle. That sounds about right, yeah. And his, if, if I wanted to like wear a brand where uh, MMA-related, which I don't feel douchey wearing, it's Affliction. That's the only brand that I've ever liked. Tap-out is way too tainted. I would and... still feel douchey wearing Affliction. And here's the thing. Pro wrestling fans, for the most part, are fucking douches. If you were willing to wear a t-shirt with a character of a wrestler on like a picture of a wrestler on it, then you can probably sell tap out to these fucking retards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I only keep get t-shirts for, like, memorabilia and, like, have in my closet or something like that or put on my wall, if that. I I, I have never worn a, a WWE t-shirt outside of my house, only to go to an event. That's the only time I've ever worn one. If I had a Macho Man t-shirt, that purple one, by the way, I'd wear that. Yeah, Tony. It is a pretty cool <laughs> shirt. Tony. <laughs> You mean you wouldn't wear a Hacksaw Jim Duggan one? <laughs> Duggan. Oh, yeah. That's an awesome competition. I oh, think my yeah. answer for that would be no! <laughs> no, I would because I would delete to uh, get that shirt for that contest, Winky Face. I would wear plug a in the show. raccoon hoodie. Only tough guys can wear hacksaw. Oh my god, no. Okay, so that raccoon thing, I, I retweeted. No, I, put, I shared it on Twitter. My girlfriend saw it, and she told me if I ever got a t-shirt like that, she'd burn it. What? She really, she really wow. hated it. She really hated it. Well, <laughs> she's not winning the contest. Hey, yeah, yeah, I got a way to get back at her. Yeah, well, you burn that, I'll burn your chairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, except like she, she, her. All right, relationship advice with Drew White. Let's go. Uh, new podcast um, coming, guys. <laughs> oh, talk now. Smack your bitch talk. <laughs> The old pimp show. Dating with Drew. 
We've so got don't do this. Love line with Dr. Drew. I think that that's a good transition to this other one. Uh, there's a Twitter feud between Sonny and Ashley Massaro, where uh, Sonny mentioned that Ashley was supposed to have had experience in the past in the escort business, and Ashley Massaro would, didn't want any of this shit. And she basically just went, all right, this is what we're doing. Here's a, a picture of you fingering yourself, Sonny. There you go. It was like, damn, this escalated. <laughs> Where's that uh, Wolf Ferrell from Anchorman clip? Well... That escalated quickly. It did. I mean, that was a, you know, kind of a, a jab at Ashley, and she just met it with, no, 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 fuck this. Well, <laughs> to give some background on this, these two have been feuding before, and apparently the beef had been settled. And then suddenly woke up one day and was like, huh, I got a Twitter question. You know what? Fuck Ashley. <laughs> so, I would. And, yeah. I, fucking wouldn't, oh, no. uh, I wouldn't touch Sonny, though, after that picture. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Ashley decided to uh, put a stop to it, and I think she did a pretty good job of doing it. <laughs> Remember that time that Sonny let people pay to take photos of them in bed with her? Oh, yeah, it was like 75 bucks, and these like poor saps are doing it. Yeah, that's the same bed. <laughs> Man, how far Sonny has like fallen. She looked so good when she went into the Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, it was amazing what some makeup can do. I guess you could say she had a sunny disposition. Uh, that wasn't that good. Yeah, I felt like <laughs> making a lame joke. <laughs> but man, this this girl was literally the most popular woman on the internet at one point. Yeah. And not like in a porno sense. Like, she legitimately was just like this fox that people loved seeing everywhere on TV and calendars, magazines, anywhere that they could see her. And... What she's fallen into, and like she had her problems then too. I mean, if you read anything into the life of Sunny, like this this woman had drug problems and eating disorders and all these fucking things. So I mean, it's honestly a surprise that she isn't almost in worse condition. Like she she could be way way worse off. We haven't heard like Scott Hall level problems yet, but like this is this is some catty bullshit. Yep. Drew, what's the uh, the advice from you? How should these two ha- uh, hash it out? With hashtags. Uh, <laughs> With hash well, coins. Ooh. Hash browns. Um, well, if you guys would shut the fuck up so I can answer <laughs> this question, I'd give you an well, answer. Well, maybe if you fucking just answered it straight away instead of omen and R in, we wouldn't talk about hash coins. Well, you kind of put me on the spot. I mean, I'm like, Silent Winter Dude, I'm like, I, I don't know if I could do this right now. Give me a week. Okay. All right, Drew, you are now on the line with Sonny and Ashley. You have to... <laughs> well, then. <laughs> if, okay, if I, honestly, if I was Ashley, I would just be like, I would have done the same thing. So, uh, Sonny, you, yeah. Um, I would, like, watch Ashley, like, beat her up, but they'd have to be naked. Or at least Ashley has to be naked. I don't know about Sonny. <laughs> this doesn't so, sound as much like advice as much as it sounds like something that you're just fantasizing about. <laughs> oh, oh, oh is here, I'll fill in the role. I'll look that oh. you <laughs> no, know I'm Okay, okay. But in all seriousness, um, my advice would be to uh, don't fight. Go to like a Starbucks or something. I heard white girls like that. And talk about your feelings. Ask each other why you're having these issues. I bet if they did that, they would figure out why they have these issues. And I guarantee you, they would be fine, and their Twitter beef would be gone until Sonny wakes up one day and goes, you know what? Yeah, fuck Ashley. And our last hot tag, the IZOD Center shutting down. Where's SummerSlam going to be then? That kind of throws a wrench in our plans of 
going. <laughs> it seems like majority of the events that are left on the calendar past the closure date, which I think is March 31st, um, are going to mostly be moved to the Prudential Center. However, I don't think the Prudential Center is very big, so I don't know if WWE is going to want to hold it there. Um, they have other options. They, they have the Barclays Center, which is a fantastic new center they've had there. I'm honestly surprised they didn't go there first. It's a state-of-the-art facility. Uh, it's probably going to be the biggest center in in, uh, in New York now, um, except for the obvious one, which the other one would be Madison Square Garden, which mm-hmm. you know has the history to it. But they, they don't like going there as much for their big events because they can't fit as many people in there. And they can't make as much money then, which the same problem with the Prudential Center. I mean, if you're going to go with the Prudential Center, you might as well go at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, because um, more people are going to be willing to pay more to go to Madison Square Garden. You know, you up the price, you know, if I wish they would go with my original idea that oh, I had with for the, this. the Netherlands. Take it over to the fucking MetLife Stadium. Oh, MetLife Stadium. Yeah. Be, be ballsy and book that card the best you can, which maybe with Brock leaving, maybe they wouldn't be able to do that if they had played their cards a little better in advance. Maybe they could have, and maybe they still could. If they really wanted to, they could probably still do that and truly make it feel like a WrestleMania in the summer. Um, they'd have to get the Rock to come back to wrestle. Oh, they'd be, oh they're absolutely. Gonna, they're going uh, to be fine. I mean, CM Punk should return by then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this MMA thing's a work. Um, it's sad to hear, though, because I, I like the IZOD Center. I've been to a number of events there. Um, one of my first Raws I ever went to was in that building. I went to No Way Out there. Um, that's where Fandangoing was invented. That's where Dolph Ziggler cashed in the Money in the Bank title that night to that absolutely insane, possibly the, the, the greatest Monday night crowd of all time is credited for being in that building that night after WrestleMania 29. So, Why are they shutting down? Um, it has something to do with the sports team or something. Like, um, I, I guess the the building is owned by the state, but there's all these weird like conflicts of interest with the state owning a private business sports center. And I, I there's some weird shit going down. I don't know the exact deal with it. Hmm. It's all confusing business shit to me that I don't get. All I know is that it's closing. Fuck. If I was going to take SummerSlam anywhere, I'd take it abroad. Now's the perfect time to experiment with this. You've got the WWE Network. The pay-per-view model's dead. You don't have to worry about people waking up at a certain time. You can do it wherever the fuck you well, want. Here's the thing. They already advertised a year ago that it was going to be in New York. So they, they well, kind of the, have to stick to that. Well, the issue with the IZOD Center is that the reason why it's probably closing now is because the uh, New Jersey Nets or now the Brooklyn Nets are moved. Yeah, they went to Barclays. Just like okay. Okay. Well, fine. So, they have to stay in New York this year. Do it next year. I mean, yeah, no, next a... year is fine. I'm just saying they already they made a commitment to, to us here in New York. I'd love to yeah. see them take that event abroad and have different countries bid for it, let alone fucking cities. I don't know. Like, they've, they've go back, go back to Brazil, haven't they? Go back to Brazil and let fucking Jericho disgrace another flag or some shit. Be awesome. No, but no, <laughs> they've they've completely moved places before because of stuff. Wasn't that uh? Where the Slammys was a couple of years ago, it, it, it was somewhere else, but they moved it to Seattle at like not the last possible moment, a few months in advance. Well, yeah, there was also that one time where they had um, they had Raw booked at, in, I think it was in Colorado, but then the basketball team like made it to the postseason, so they needed the stadium and kicked them out. And I think they rebooked the show in like Texas or California or something like that. Yeah, so I mean they've I they, they've done stuff like that before, I know, but But that's you know. different. That's just raw. Like I said, this yeah. is a SummerSlam that they advertised one year ago. Right. So I I I'm, I'm thinking they still have big plans for the SummerSlam. I'm thinking that if they did that, they had to have known they had something planned for this date next year. 
if anything, they might end up boosting this up more because they have less of a an opportunity to sell tickets. They might go, well, shit, now we really need to make up for it and have, like, a quick sell. So let's pack the card and make sure that people, you know, jump on board. Hey, Tony. Um, do you, uh... <laughs> do you know how you talked about sometimes you do an episode where we hit them with wrestling? Eh, how about that? <laughs> it took us a you while. What WWE said that they were trying to find an alternative that could be better than the Izod Center. So, you know where I would go? Mm-hmm. I'd go to Indianapolis, Indiana, which has held a SummerSlam before, by the way. Uh-huh. There's one part of the world I want to see WWE go to televise, and I'm not sure if they've done it before. Ireland. Their fucking crowds are boisterous. So, I'd be up for that. Especially, like, if you got, like, Sheamus and Finn Balor and Becky Lynch mm-hmm. all Becky on the Lynch, show. Yeah. You've actually got talent. You've actually got a bit of a talent pool growing over there. I'd say you throw some of the British people on the card, but they probably oh, just get some Finlay them. to go over there. Fucking bring back Drew McIntyre for a show. Get Finlay to go over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, bring Finlay back on one card. Fuck it. He's Even probably... Hornswoggle might be over that night. <laughs> 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 I don't know about that one, but... <laughs> They'll either cheer the hell out of that or they'll boo the hell My out God, of that. Man. I, if I they're drunk to... enough, they'll be like, ah, it, ah, fucking leprechaun. I am yet to go to Barclays Center, but every time I look at pictures of it, I am absolutely amazed at how beautiful this center is. Oh, I know. It looks amazing. If you're able to go there, you got to do it. Oh, that reminds me. Now I'm looking at this picture. Did you guys see they came out with a story about <laughs> the reason why they're not doing Elimination Chamber anymore? Um, this, is, this, this is actually kind of related, so it's not just I, like being. I kind of love how you go. Did you guys see that picture in the last picture you posted to me with twelve things that I wish you'd understand about weed already? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I didn't post the picture to you. But um, it, one it to came two out. main reasons for the elimination chamber. One was to not have the elimination chamber because you only have one champion, and the other one was because of Brock Lesnar. The other one was because of Germany because they don't like the word chamber. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, a lot of people thought it was the the first reason you said there, and I'm sure there is some truth to that as well. But apparently what the problem that they're having is that a lot of their big structures, they're having a harder time finding a way to hang them in buildings because more and more places are getting these huge, huge screens in the center of their courts now that they can't hang things up there like they used to. Huh. Huh. So we might – I wouldn't say never see the Elimination Chamber again, but it's definitely going to be a rare thing because you need the space to hang that sucker. They'd have to pick it for a particular arena then. Exactly, yep. You know what? That's a good thing, though. Less of these fucking stupid name pay-per-views, the better. (laughs) We got Fastlane, so... (laughs) Yeah, that's not (laughs) much better. Okay, they've got a fucking... We've had this conversation. I'm looking forward to the Fastlane match. That Fastlane match is going to be really good this year. Maybe they'll just, like, make the John Cena match shorter so we don't have to suffer through it. Yeah, that's why it's going to be called the Fastlane match. All right, welcome sure. to Fastlane, everybody. And we'll see you at WrestleMania. Yes, we're gonna, you can just fast forward through this entire pay-per-view, everybody. <laughs> that's what this means. Hope you hit the network, because if you paid $60 for this, uh, that <laughs> You're sucks. Dickhead. I love how it took them until like two days ago or whatever before they finally came up with a logo. And oh, it's not posted like, anywhere. It's just like the little tiny icon on WWE.com, and that's it. Oh, I thought they had that, like, really plain-ass logo. I didn't know they made, like, an actual one. Let me see what they got here. What do they have? That fucking time, that one looked terrible. Yeah. It it was fucking generic as fuck. What? This isn't any better. Oh, there it is. Okay, that is better. Yeah, it's definitely better. I had to remake the other one because they didn't have anything that wasn't just the the background with that teal thing and stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. I I realized why they called it Fastlane. Huh? 
they had an app called John Cena's Fastlane, and I guarantee you that's why they did it. Yeah, they probably just owed, uh, owned the name, and they figured they didn't want to spend any more money to trademark uh, another thing. I'm not going to lie. I actually like the logo, because you can't yeah, quite see where it's all small. The, like, the top line of the F that stretches across it is like a lightning bolt. It's pretty sweet. I like it. I hate that title, though. Yeah, that is what it is. Maybe it'll Tony. only be a- Thing. It's time for you to jump in the fast lane. Matter of fact, I wish they would do that. I wish they would go back to just having like unique pay-per-views every year. Like other than your big ones, you know, you have your SummerSlams, your WrestleMania, your Rumble, Survivor Series, but each one is like a special name because of what story is going into it or whatever it is. In your yeah, house. Remember, it, yeah, in your house is actually what I was about to bring up. In your apartment. But even like, you know, they had stuff besides that too, or at least like surnames to pay-per-views. You know, like they had Starcade, Shy Town Rumble, Starcade, Flair for the Gold. <laughs> Made it sound that much more impressive. You so mean like the, uh, the takeovers? They... Hmm? You mean like the takeovers? Yeah, exactly. Mm. If they actually built these matches up and like stopped throwing them away on television, you could build the pay-per-view name around the fucking main event like UFC does, like UFC. Uh, like it'd be WWE Cena versus Lesnar, but they fucking give the pay per view matches away on TV so often you can't never do it. Um. <laughs> Thanks, there, Drusif. No, I was just mainly back you, to you, I Tony. Under, I was on WWE and oh, never mind. I forgot. Nope, just back to you, Tony. Forget. Yeah, I forgot I said anything. I was gonna mention something, but fuck it, never mind. Well, what was it? <laughs> oh, no, I was going to be like, oh, on WWE it says that SummerSlam was going to be in Los Angeles, but then I clicked on Money in the Bank. I was like, oh, wait, it was in Boston last year, so that they probably just didn't update that yet. Probably. Oh, like the, the pay-per-view page? Yeah, they don't update that yeah. until, like, it's actually time for the pay-per-view. Yeah, so... Damn it, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's my bad. Alright guys, that's the hot tag uh, segment for this episode. Stay tuned, we're going to come back after the rest hold and start talking about all the main events that we've got and the Fantasy League trades and updates, so click on that next video or just keep listening if you're on iTunes and Stitcher. Nah. It's time for the rest hold part of the program, which is our commercial break section filled with all of the information you need to know this week as far as promoting the Smark Out Moment brand and some other A-Mango tree branches, including the outside interference articles. And finally, we're back on track with not just having the Bleach Report card, but we do have two from Bleach Report nonetheless. Both of them are about the Royal Rumble, the greatest superstars never to win the Battle Royal, and projecting the most likely surprise Rumble entrance, and on the opposite side, side of the spectrum we've got e-wrestling news how wwe can book the 2015 royal rumble where everyone wins so if you're interested in reading my opinions about those subject matters you can check those articles out by going to the bleacher report and e-wrestling news profiles or you can go to my facebook or twitter for both tony mango and smart out moment where you can check out the links below on youtube or as another alternative method you can go to the homepage of smartoutmoment.com and underneath the outside interference section, you will find the little links for those, as well as some of the other more recent ones on your hands. The Smart My Words comment of the week from the past episode of Smack Talk goes to Johnny Castaway for his comment. I'd just like to point out with Kane having a, quote, shot, he hasn't won a singles pay-per-view match since WrestleMania 28 against Randy Orton. Seriously. Wow, really? Um, I would have thought that WWE would have had him have at least a couple here and there, but damn, that sucks for Kane. 
and I guess that kind of proves that Kane doesn't really have much of a shot, so we should take that into account uh, for future jokes that we make, which we're running that joke into the ground, aren't we? Uh, thank you, Johnny Castaway, for putting out that little statistic. Thank you to everybody else who left a comment as well. You know the score by now. Guys, make sure you do that each and every week and tell us to spark your words. Make sure that you also join the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash the Megamaniacs, which is our place where we goof off during the week and post a bunch of bullshit and nonsense and just kind of uh, have a little bit of fun, have a lot of memes and... You know, random discussions and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to join the crowd and follow along with what we do there, then hop on board. The next edition of the Monthly Mailbag, except for this episode, is going to be coming up on episode 169. So if you have any questions that you'd like to submit to us to get to know us better and pick our brains about any subject matter, it doesn't have to be wrestling related, just fill up the inbox by going to the contact form of the website, shoot us an email, and we will answer anything that you send our way. As part of the Sign Me Up initiative, if you bring a Smart Out Moment sign to any wrestling-related events that you attend in the future, just send me a picture or a video of yourself, and I'll give you the spotlight on the website and on the next episode of Smack Talk. And if you want to help support Smart Out Moment on the monetary side of things, there are three ways in which you can do this. You become a patron at patreon.com slash smartoutmoment and receive whatever rewards we end up placing there. Any suggestions, leave them in the comments below. There's also a PayPal donation button at the bottom of smartoutmoment.com. And this YouTube channel is now eligible for fan funding. So if you go to the channel's homepage at youtube.com slash smartoutmoment, you will see a little module on the right-hand side that says support this channel. We are also running a contest on smartoutmoment.com right now, which is the Royal Rumble Rewards Contest, because I like to do stupid little puns and titles and stuff, where you can win a Hacksaw Jim Duggan t-shirt that's part of the partnership that we have with TV Store Online. So all you have to do to enter that contest is make sure that you're subscribed to YouTube, Twitter, and or Facebook, and share the posts and images, whatever that it is, in the uh, document itself, that is all details. You get multiple entry points, and there's no limit to how many times that you can enter, so keep that in mind if you want to celebrate the Royal Rumble with the first ever Royal Rumble winner. And he was actually mentioned on Raw this week, so... Oh! If you enjoy what we say on these shows, and you want to hear our opinions about some other nerdy things that we're fond of, head on over to my other website, fanboysanonymous.com, follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash fanboysanonymous, where you can geek out and talk with us about movies and video games and comic books and everything else on the geek culture side of things. And if you are interested in joining the Smartout Moment team as a writer, editor, or something else for that matter, send in your application using the contact form of the website, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can with more information. That is it for the rest hole for this week. Break time's over with. We've got two different main events to cover for this episode, so we're going to jump right back into it and start doing the mailbag questions you guys sent in, and then the top rope list of the best Royal Rumble moments ever. Welcome back, everybody. We are done the rest hold. It's time to start getting into the main event sections of this episode. And the first one that we're going to take care of is the mailbag questions that you guys had sent in for the January edition. We've got uh, two different people sent in their mailbag questions, Andre Rosa and Declan Macquarie. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. 
Uh, Andre's first up, he's got a couple of them here. First up for his questions, if you had a chance to invent your own Saw trap, what would it be? Saw referring, obviously, to the uh, horror franchise. I was not able to think of anything because I kind of don't have it in me to torture people. So um, I, the what I had written down on the website itself, I probably would be stupid and lame enough that I would end up having a way for people to get out of it where they wouldn't even get hurt. <laughs> like, I'm just... I would suck at this. I'd be a terrible, terrible jigsaw. Uh, I like the Riddler kind of stuff more, so... Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I would be more suited for leaving puns and stupid jokes and shit for crimes than I would be oh, really? setting up torture devices. Uh, what about you, Drew? Um, so... It would be something along the lines of either you're going to get your dick chopped off because I bet that fucking sucks. Or, like, essentially there will be, like, something that will be puncturing through your stomach. And the more you fuck up, the more it fucking goes through your stomach. And that will fucking suck. You know what my least favorite? And it's actually from the series it's from the second saw. And it's actually the reason why I hate needles now. But they push this girl into this, like pull of needles to find the key i that scene made me hate needles and i have a phobia of needles now so i can't get shots because of that scene and so fuck that (laughs) that would be the absolute worst thing if i was ever a part of something like that what about you Peyton? any uh jigsaw traps that you would make up so i don't know if this is uh necessarily a torture device but it is an idea I had for a similar contraption that would result in pain for some people because I am sadistic in some ways. So you set four people around a card table and you place on that card table the board game Mousetrap. (laughs) And you play a normal game of Mousetrap. But when the trap goes down, whoever the loser is, unsuspectedly, a boxing glove filled with bricks underneath the table punches them in the nuts. I thought you were going to say that they had to reset it up because that's torture enough. <laughs> nope. Punch in the nuts. Nothing funnier than a punch in the nuts. Except maybe a kick in the nuts. Or a headbutt in the nuts. <laughs> oh, a headbutt in the nuts. That's, now you're using your noggin. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Wego, what's your uh, torture device? So it's going to be a room sealed. It seems there's no exit and there's just one hole. It's the glory hole. And you have to put your cock in it. And there's a wasp nest there. <laughs> how do you get out? Yeah, what's the... Okay, here's the thing. This entire time, the back door... Actually, the back wall had a door on it, but it was just painted over black. And you feel like a douchebag and just stuck your dick in a fucking wasp nest for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's like when uh, Jigsaw just ran out of options. He's just like, I don't know, fucking wasp dick. There you go. Is that plan? <laughs> Yeah, then you're walking around funny all day. You let yourself out because there's a door there the whole time. And then when your friends go, what happened to you? I stuck my dick in a... So here, here's the thing about the, the saw traps. Usually they're related to some type of, like, problem the person is having in their life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe they have a wasp nest that they're going to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, maybe, like, they have a dick problem and the only way to get rid of it is by cutting it off. <laughs> Maybe they really, really want to uh, capture that mouse. <laughs> Get some of that cheese, if you know what I mean. Question two. If you could kill any one person in the world and get away with it, who would you kill? 
If you say you wouldn't kill anyone, you're probably a better person than most. Yay, I'm a better person because I probably wouldn't kill anybody. Um, Pussy. But if I could nominate somebody to be killed, Comcast. Just people from Comcast. Yeah, he'd be like, hey, you've reached the uh, Comcast call center. What's your name? Oh, Lauren. Right, kill Lauren. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Wait, who's your superior? Chad? Hey, Chad, you just got added to the list. <laughs> what about a guy, anyone named Chaz? Oh, that's a sleazy fuck right there, so he has to get killed. <laughs> I, love yeah, like, this, I love how this turned into, I would kill anyone. Fucking Lauren, Chad, Chaz, definitely. Dude, fuck Lauren, Chad, and Chaz. <laughs> so, Drew, who would you kill? Um, if I had to kill anyone... It would have to be, uh, if you if if you've ever worked in fast food, the worst people to ever deal with are those who like try to take an order or pick something up while they're on the phone and they just ignore everything you fucking say. Oh, and the worst part is when they're actually in the parking lot the whole time, but they all drive over the phone for no reason. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's actually kind of bad too. Oh no, the other day. Someone came in, and they were on their phone, and I was trying to explain something to them, and then essentially in the end, they were like, no, this is what I want. And I was like, we, so, and I was like, that, we don't have that. If you listened to me, you would have got that. So, fuck you. I didn't say that last part, but I wish I did. So, yeah, fuck anyone who ever, like, orders on, the, like, picture, tries to pick something up and try to talk on the phone at the same time. You guys are assholes. <laughs> trying to make my job difficult. Peyton, who's your, in your uh, crosshairs? All the infidels! <laughs> Why did I get a flashback to uh, Aladdin? Infidel. <laughs> That's, that was more I was going for. Actually, I shouldn't make jokes about that with everything that just went down in Paris and shit. Um, I, um... Yeah, so Peyton says cartoonists. <laughs> I, I would actually go with uh, something positive to the world. I would take out, like, uh, a freaking Kim Jong-un or, like, a What's his name? Bernie Madoff, whatever the fuck his asshole's name is. Yeah, but you have I to... I think you're to say Bernie Mac. But you have to play <laughs> Katy Perry in the background while you kill Kim Jong-un. It's the only way you can do it now. I bet that's a reference to that movie I didn't fucking watch. Yeah, it is. It's Baby, you're a fine word. It's Bernie Madoff or Kim Jong-un. Or Bernie Mac. Bernie yeah. Mac. Yeah. Right. guy. Way go. Um, it's hard. I mean, I have a list of people I fucking despise on this earth, and I would love to gut and slice the fuck out of any one of them. But the reality of it is, there's horrible fucking rapists and murderers and just really scummy people out there. If there was one way that I could narrow it down and find the scummiest, scummiest, most evil, horrible person, I'd love to just have them tied up in a room for a while, pull their fingernails out, um, you know, just... Chop a big hole in their bullsack. Is this, is, and... this should, is this supposed to be your saw trap that you're talking about? It sounds like you're working your way onto that list. <laughs> like, I fucking... There's just certain people on this earth that are totally evil, and unfortunately, everything has to be done through a quote-unquote justice system. So, if there's anyone like that, I'd love to just fucking have five minutes alone just to fuck with their life. <laughs> I'm kind of proud of us. Wasp hole. That None of us ever said anything like, oh, Dixie Carter, who... <laughs> yeah, fucking, my soul trap would be for her in her anal. I'm pretty sure somebody is gonna, like, think about leaving a comment about that. 
Just, just like some dumb celebrity, like, oh, I would kill Michael Bay so he stops making Michael Bay movies. Right. Or I'd kill Justin Bieber because he's fucking... And in the same scenario, somebody would hand them a gun and they'd be like, all right, here you go, go kill him. And they'd be like, no, I don't want to kill him. I, I, I'm actually a big fan of your work. <laughs> Can I get your autograph, Mr. No, that, that's like that's like the kid that talks shit on the internet, but if you put him face-to-face with the guy that they're talking shit to, they wouldn't do anything. They'd be like, I don't understand why you hate me. It'd be one of those type of things. Yeah, I just realized I just had a really dark moment just. You, you did. Yeah, you, it's like you're a hyena cat. The worst moments. part about it is I just realized I was drooling for the whole part of it. <laughs> He's salivating at the thought. You were just really jumping forward to the next question. Uh, that is, I was thinking about Zombie Land and how Tallahassee is obsessed with Twinkies. During a zombie apocalypse, what food would you be craving to eat? I think I'd go with Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Because they're so fucking good. But if I had to be specific about it, the eggs. Because they're so wouldn't, much better. Wouldn't it, be those fucking, eggs, wouldn't it be those fucking sticks that you want? Oh, those Bosco sticks? <laughs> yeah. They do sound really good. I don't think that I'd be uh, adding them to the crave list, though. So I don't know if they suck or not. Oh, they're fucking amazing. You you would be adding them to the crave list. <laughs> What's your food, Drew? If I don't know, fucking guess what it is. I bet you'll be able to guess what it is in like five seconds. Bosco sticks? Nope. Red lobster? Well, red lobster isn't a food, but crab legs is. Is it crab legs? That's <laughs> <laughs> no, Chinese food. <laughs> How did you guess that, Payton? So it's so crab like legs? That. I was fucking kidding. I didn't think it was actually going to be crab legs. <laughs> yeah. Crab, crab legs? legs? Oh, I love crab legs. Crab legs? <laughs> I love oh, crab legs, but that would be like uh, a really awkward kind of thing to just be like. I need to find crabs. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, shit, well, there's no. a crab truck over there. We gotta well, you stop. Know, if you're if you're most likely in a zombie apocalypse, you're gonna be like, oh, dude, you'd be thinking of like your like gourmet dinner, and like you'd be like, ah, oh, you know, you'd be listing up like amazing things you'd want. Crab legs is one of those things. Like, oh, dude, I, I would so have like a crab leg meal right now if you want those type of things. Either crab legs or Chinese food would be pretty good as well. I'm pretty sure if I was in a zombie apocalypse, I would be dead in like a day, and That's not stand a chance to ever about this kind of shit. I would, I would last because I just hide in my closet. No, oh, kind of like you do now. <laughs> <laughs> Drew's trapped in the closet. <laughs> I'm coming out the closet, Drew. You guys like fish sticks? <laughs> you do. <laughs> Bosco make them? Fish, fish sticks and crab legs. They ever have a gammy crab leg? <laughs> I, know someone, I know someone with a gammy son. Uh, Peyton, what's your uh, food that you would be obsessed with and craving to eat? Oh, it's definitely fucking pizza. I would search the whole damn world for a nice oven fresh pizza. But I think like hot foods are probably an easy thing to say, you know, hot meals. If, if we're going into, like, a snack-type thing, um, first off, ice cream, because I imagine ice cream is going to be in very, very limited supplies without uh, refrigeration. Yeah, that would melt super fast. Mm-hmm. Ice cream would be gone quickly and in very high demand because everyone loves ice cream. Um, Reese's peanut butter cups are delicious and my favorite candy. I, I probably would crave those. But if I had to pick one non-perishable item, that I would certainly be craving for and look everywhere for and, you know, have a realistic expectation of finding it. Root beer. 
Mm. Nice, chilly glass of root beer. And Wago? Mountain Dew and Cheez-Its. <laughs> Mountain Dew and Cutout. Is that your answer? No. What is? Well. Well? You guys probably won't have Balti Mix. It's pretty much an Indian snack, which you get in England. Yeah, that uh, doesn't sound like something I would have. Yeah, that, well, it's digestives. Yeah, digestives. <laughs> what the fuck are the digestives? It tastes fucking good. And you know, and you when you saw me eating those, you fuckers wanted it. You know it. They look good, but they sound terrible. It's like uh, you poop us. You've got us. like nutter butters and uh, Nilla wafers and suppositories. <laughs> <laughs> that actually does sound like a cookie. <laughs> Suppositories. Yeah. And, um, They've got a hole in the center. Essentially, uh, Balti mixes spicy dried noodles and they're fucking awesome. Alright, another food related one from Andre Rosa. Last question from him What would you do for a Klondike yeah. bar? I like soft serve better. So if I could do that. Um, I don't know, quite a bit. I'm kind of hungry. And ice cream's in demand, apparently. So. Drew, what would you do for a Klondike bar? Well, I don't like Klondike bars, so nothing. But if I had to do something for a Klondike bar, I would just go to the store and buy one. Because if I had to actually do something for a Klondike bar, that means I'm broke. And I don't want to be broke. I would rather just go to the store and buy one because, let's be honest, not that many people buy Klondike bars, so there's going to be one at the store regardless. Piggybacking <laughs> off of that, if you had an alternative, what would you use? Like a Choco Taco or Chip Witch? Oh, oh Choco Taco, dude. You need That's to stop saying Choco Taco. Pedro fucking loses his shit every time. Yo, can I change my oh, answer to the last question? Can Choco Tacos? <laughs> Choco Tacos is definitely my alternative. Fuck Klondike bars. Give me that Choco Taco. Give me a taco with another taco in its pocket. <laughs> what about you, Payton? What would you do for a Klondike bar? I also am not a very big fan of the Klondike bar. The only one I moderately like is the one that has the crunchies in it. Um, even that, I don't know if I would go extraordinarily out of my way for. But a Choco Taco. Let me tell you. Ain't no mountain high enough. Okay? That's all I gotta tell you. <laughs> Wago, what would you do for a Klondike bar? I've never eaten one, so I guess I'd try one. <laughs> no wonder why you don't have American citizenship yet. <laughs> and our question from Declan Mackery, or whoever you pronounce it. <laughs> Just right into that. Uh, Macarena. What, <laughs> what is your Mac favorite geez. or least favorite moment of school that you have ever experienced? Either funny, weird, or embarrassing. Uh, hey, have you seen lunch over there? Give me a hand, Tony, you fucking jackass. Yeah, I've got a lot of uh, weird different stories. Um, Wigo just mentioned one of them. Uh, that If you want to bring up an embarrassing one, here's one. Uh, a very low moment of me having really poor detective skills. Um, I'm obviously not going to give out any kind of names and stuff, but there was somebody who uh, went to a school of mine that was missing a hand. And I didn't know about this because... She had always kept her uh, hands in or her hand in the um, hoodie, uh, the front part of the hoodie that you've got, those little pockets. And uh, I was not a big fan of gym class, just because for the most part, I'm uh, not a big fan of sports in general. But, you know, if I'm playing a game, I'm going to want to try to win. 
And I kept watching all these girls just not fucking trying to catch the uh, the kickball. And I got all pissed off because I was taking, like, you know, I'm covering, like, the, the shortstop side of things. But I've got to cover first and second base and shortstop and the fucking outfield for the most part. And I'm like, God damn it. So a buddy of mine gets on base. And I'm covering first or second. I can't remember at the time. And I had just witnessed the ball go right next to this one girl. And she didn't do anything to try to get it at all. Just watched it fall down next to her and then kicked it for somebody else to do something. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? So my buddy's busting my balls. He's just like, oh, you know, I'm going to steal the next base and nothing your fucking team could do about it. And I'm like, yeah, well, nothing my team's going to fucking do anyway because these people are stupid. All they got to do is put up their fucking hands and they'll catch the fucking ball. Look at me. I just put my fucking hands up and, and I'm making a big deal about this. And he's going, dude, that's not funny. The girl's got one hand. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, now this guy's a ball buster. So I'm expecting him to just be, have make this up. And I'm like, oh, dude, I would feel so bad if that were the truth. And he's like, no, she's got one hand. <laughs> so I look over and I'm just like, oh, fuck. This makes so much sense now. <laughs> Definitely the most embarrassing thing that had ever happened in school. Thankfully, she n- did not hear it at the time. Uh, so there was not this yeah, big, like... Yeah, I don't know why. She's fucking deaf, too. You want to make fun of that? <laughs> <laughs> if that were the case, that that would just end up making it funnier. But uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of weird things. Uh, I used to try to have a lot of fun in school. And I yeah, actually mi- I miss high school, uh, particularly in um, sixth grade. Uh, we would goof the fuck off all the time. I mean, we... In sixth grade, you know, we don't have a whole lot of ideas. Like, we would just have, like, rubber band fights in the middle of class and shit. And uh, there were times in high school, uh, a previous year of mine, they did uh, this thing where they got a bunch of people to wear skirts, like kilts. And there was a, a big issue with it for some fucking reason. I don't know why. So a lot of us were talking about, well, what could we do to kind of, like, one-up that a little bit or, you know, do a reference to it the next year or something like that. And I ended up bringing up Dego Day because a lot of us were talking in, like, thick Italian accents around that time. And uh, it doesn't refer to itself as Dego Day in the yearbook. It's Italian-American Celebration Day or some bullshit because they couldn't actually say Dego Day. But, you know, we got a bunch of us to dress up in suits and talk like uh, mobsters all day. And, you know, like, we did random crap like that constantly. So I could go on and on and on. I don't want to take up all the time in the world. But, um... We'll go more in depth of a lot of this stuff when we, you know, do raw post show post shows and all talk shows and anything else like that. So um, you'll hear more of terrible stories like that in the future, I'm sure. <laughs> Drew, your uh, favorite, least favorite moments that are funny, embarrassing, weird, any of that kind of stuff from school? I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything embarrassing, mainly because I lived a very simple high school life. But I do have a good funny moment. I've mentioned to you guys before about this kid I, who would rap, and I think I showed you guys his videos, correct? Doesn't sound kind of like kind of small. Well, his name. Well, I'm not gonna give his name, but he was small. He had a, I, I don't know why, but he had a learning disorder, and he was small because I don't know why. But like he was like five two, weighed like eighty pounds or something like that. But he wanted to be a rapper. And in our gym class, he and, he and he's like the whitest kid you ever meet. So like in our gym class one day, we there was these two kids rapping, and then he walks over. He's like, "Yo, I'm I'm gonna drop his beat, and I'm gonna just totally just like fuck 
shit up. And everyone was like, oh, we're going to, we we're all, we all gathered around to listen to him rap. About a minute of it, and 37, and bombs were dropped. And there was these two fly kids listening to it. And, oh my god, it was the funniest thing ever. Up until one day, he picked a fight with this one kid. And he, we, 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 it was in our gym class. We all, like, throughout gym class, he's like, I'm going to fight him. He's like, oh, dude, dude, you're going to kick this guy's ass. And the, the guy he was, like, talking about, he he was a little bit messed up in the head. Like, not that, like, he would, like, totally just, like, kill this kid, but more like he's dumb. So, one, so when we get back into the locker room, he he starts taking all of his clothes off. He strips down to his boxers for some reason. <laughs> We don't know why. He's in his boxers and shorts, and he walks up to the head. And the kid, the other kid stands up, and he's, like, about a foot and a half taller than him. And then just, like, slowly, like, he just, like, cocks his arm back and punches him in the face. The kid, like, breathes heavily a few times, and he just runs out and cries and tells on him. That itself was funny enough. Any embarrassing moments I had would probably me doing something stupid or saying something stupid like i remember one day in class it's not really embarrassing but one of my we were watching trailers for movies and the teacher was like hey what should we watch was like yeah we should watch anchorman 2 trailer because it was like it just came out and my teacher was like is there anything bad with it wait no is there anything like ah shit what was it is there anything like risque risque not even that was there is there anything like bad with it and i was like well there's a black chick in it and i i'm this teacher's favorite student anyone else they probably would have got kicked out of the class but with me she's like drew and we ended up watching it anyways oh no, oh no i was she was like is there anything like dirty with it and i said there's oh, that's terrible i don't care that was so good it was so funny. Anything else I said, I I, I was I'm, I was the kid that tended to, like, I would make the jokes in class, but I would eventually say something, like, really dumb and embarrassing or something like that. So, those are my stories that I have. Hayden, what about you? Yeah, I don't got any fancy stories like that. I'm sorry. I didn't really uh, participate much in school. I was more of an extracurricular activities kind of guy. Um, so if you want to ask me stories about being on the road or playing in bands or skipping school to go hang out with people and whatever, I could probably give you some of those. As far as in school, the best I can give you is that I pedigreed a kid on the, uh, on the jungle gym once. (laughs) Yeah. Cause he tried to tell me wrestling was fake. I was like, okay, it's not. Let me show you. He's like, all right. And I put him in a fucking pedigree. That's awesome. (laughs) I don't know if he broke his nose, but he definitely got a bloody nose. God damn, dude. That's awesome. Do you have that pedigree that he gave to, what was it, like, Salvatore Sincere? Oh, the one where he, like, lands on his head? Yeah. No. He's just like, yeah, you're murdered now. Fatality. No uh, embarrassing stories from other people that you witnessed or anything? Oh, nothing that Some really. girl shattered herself once. That was kind of funny. <laughs> She, she shit herself, and then she, she she slid down the slide. And thank God I noticed it, because I was the next one to go. Yeah, so, that would have been embarrassing, especially because yeah. people might have thought that you did it. 
Yes, and uh, I I noticed it. I was like, "Ooh, I dodged a bullet there." Except I was like, "Oh my god, she just pooped on the thing!" Like this so was elementary school, her. right? This was like kindergarten. Okay, good. Because if it was high school, it <laughs> this would have been. Last year, why dude. would you have slides and why is she shitting herself? Oh, I got a little thing to tell you about high school that I always enjoyed. I think people get a kick out of. I had a group of friends that we would often skip classes together and go to either the music room or the auditorium. And we would sit there and gather around my laptop and watch Family Guy. And this is back when Family Guy was like the fucking tits. You know, like, I think they had just been canceled and everyone's getting all hyped about all these episodes that you could only watch on DVD or download or whatever. Everyone was talking about Family Guy at that point. That was good times. Much better than going to class. <laughs> Probably learned more from it. I would absolutely say it did, especially because that was like senior year where like all my classes were bullshit. Right. So. <laughs> what about you, Wego? Any uh, funny, interesting, embarrassing stories from school? No, Wego. Oh, it helps if I keep my microphone on, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so I got one embarrassing one and then I got one that's uh, kind of evil. So, following my pro general attitude this evening. So, I totally was off my face. I'd been out all night prior and uh, really fucking tired. I went to school, and we have to wear uniforms. It's not like uh, U.S. schools. So, I looked down at my feet, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I put one black shoe on and a total white trainer. <laughs> so, I went to school looking like an absolute twat that day and had to leave. Um, as far as my evil story goes, do you know? Are you guys familiar with the circle game? Uh, where you hold it like really low, and if somebody sees it, you get to punch them. Yeah, yeah. So one. this had been going on for two weeks now, and our arms were all fucking black and bruised and shit because we'd just not given up at it. And it got to the point where we was just fucking trying to hit each other as hard as we could in the arm and fucking leave them almost crippled. And I ended up flinching as one guy went to do it on me and his fist hit the wall and his knuckle quite literally went halfway up his hand. Ugh. It was like, yeah, it was fucking bad. And the first thing I did, I was like, Oh, and then just laughed at him. <laughs> and he's screaming, crying and running off down to fucking, I don't know where. And I didn't see him for like, he's, two... he's still running. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the thing. I never, I never saw him for, like, the rest of the year. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, circle game led to, I imagine, a broken hand. A broken life. <laughs> Just imagine punching a wall that hard, a solid brick wall, to the point your knuckle goes halfway up your hand. And see, this is why women think men are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then there's women out there that are like, Alright, my embarrassing story is this one girl, she looked at me kind of weird, and I wasn't sure if she was actually oh, looking listen. at the person behind me or not, but then I ruined her life. Listen, I'm not <laughs> saying we're not the superior sex here. I'm just saying that's why women think men are stupid. Right. Uh, Alright, those are the mailbag questions you guys sent in. Thank you, Andre and Declan. Uh, everybody else, start thinking of crazy questions for us to answer the next go-around. That's going to be... Um, coming up before fast lane so you got a couple of weeks here to prepare and uh we're gonna roll along in the next main event and do the top rope list our favorite or the best royal rumble moments of all time
Welcome back, everybody. We are on the top rope list. That is our primary main event for this episode, and uh, our topic is going to be the best Royal Rumble moments of WWE history, and it kind of also can be cons- uh, construed as the favorite moments, you know, the same kind of a thing. Um, as uh, the top rope list goes, you can really, for the most part, have a top rope list of any number that you want to do, but I usually try to round it out either 10, 5, or just the primary 3. Uh, you got to have at least have 3. Um, bottom rope, middle rope, top rope, they are essentially the bronze, silver, and metal, uh, gold medal awards. So, uh, pretty self-explanatory. And just to make sure that I don't take up too much time, I'm only going to mention my top five. And the other five, as well as an honorable mention, you can read up on the website. The link's below on YouTube. If not, just go to smartoutmoment.com. But uh, my number five is from 1998, Three Faces of Foley. I loved that idea. I think that that was such a great way of having fun with the gimmicks and having fun with the idea of uh, the surprise entrances and everything else like that. It was just a a well-rounded, fun Royal Rumble moment. Um, Royal Rumbles are maybe the most fun match in WWE. And sometimes they can get a little bit out of hand with the, the silliness, but I, for the most part, love almost anything that's comedic that they do. Even when they have, like, you know, El Torito pops up in a match or something, it's it's usually still kind of funny. And this was a great instance where it was funny, but it wasn't silly stupid, because Mick Foley would do that kind of a thing. He's got split personalities at the time, and it was cool to see, you know, Cactus Jack come out, and once he gets eliminated, everybody's disappointed, and then, whoa, what the fuck, Mankind's coming out, and uh, I think that that's a great moment, um... My number four is going to be Santina Morella breaking the record and being eliminated in less than two seconds in 2009. Uh, memorable for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, the record itself is one of them, but it was just so well done. Uh, Santino is the perfect candidate for that kind of a role. And it was cool to see Kane doing that, too, because he would end up losing that spot as the person with the most eliminations. So he still has one record to himself. Uh, bottom rope. My bronze medal number three is going to go 1994. Both Bret Hart and Lex Luger win. If you look at the two of them going over the top rope together, they both land uh, their feet at the same time. And that is just done perfectly. You couldn't have planned that any better. Uh, Amazing to see two people win the Royal Rumble, which had never been done before at that time. That led into a really cool situation for WrestleMania 10. Even better that it was Bret Hart that won, because I always liked Bret Hart better than Lex Luger. Although I still kind of think that maybe Lex Luger should have gotten the title at some point. I don't know. Uh, your mileage may vary on that one. But uh, so well done. And going back and rewatching it, sometimes it can be, depending on your mood, it can be a little bit annoying to sit through that whole aftermath where they're going, the winner of the Royal Rumble is... Who is it, guys? It, it gets a little frustrating, but still, I'm sure I would have eaten it up even more at the time if I would have been watching uh, live or something. But crazy event, awesome ending. Number two, middle rope, silver medal, 1995. Shawn Michaels wins from the number one spot, and the HBK rule is born two things in one. Uh, now they have to stress both feet much touch, must touch the floor. 
which leads to a lot of fun things like Kofi's uh, eliminations that he's avoided and John Morrison doing that kind of weird shit. Um, Shawn Michaels kicking ass, showing that he's the man at the time. Uh, number one is going to go to something that maybe it's going to get number one for a lot of other people, or at the very least, it'll be on some list and stuff like that. But it might piss some people off too. I don't know. Uh, 2008, John Cena returns from injury at number 30. Um, this was a time where everybody hated John Cena. And still, when that music hits in number 30, everybody, just for a split second, they forget that they hate him. And they pop bigger than almost any pop that I've heard, maybe in the history of watching wrestling. Everybody just kind of goes, what the fuck? Oh, shit, John Cena's going to win. But that split second, they forget to be the angry little smarky kind of people that they are. And that alone is crazy enough to think about. But uh, the surprise is there. Winning from number 30, the first time that there's ever been the same spot uh, back-to-back winning at the Royal Rumble – John Cena definitely deserved to win a Royal Rumble at some point in his career. Uh, there's a lot of different things for that, but to me, that is the top Royal Rumble moment. And as I said before, if you want to read my other ones, go to smartcommoment.com. Uh, but let's roll along here with everybody else. Drew, what are your top three, five, ten, whatever your list ends up being? Well, I was I was planning on doing 28 because there's 28 Rumbles. Yeah. <laughs> But I'll, I'll stick with five because you just had five. Is that cool? Yeah, if you want to do 28, leave a comment. Fuck no. I don't want to type that out. Anyways. If you want uh, Drew my... to do 28, leave a comment telling him to do it. Okay. Bully him well... into doing it. <laughs> Peer pressure. You can bully me. him afterward anyway because why not? Okay. Okay. Scam. Shut the fuck up so I can do this. <laughs> Anyways. My number five moment is going to be when Santino thought he won the Rumble. Come on. Everyone thought Santino won that rubble. Then you saw Del Rio. Then you're like, oh shit. They done fucked up. So there's a nice little spot right there. By the way, Santino appears in like three of these, I believe. So Santino is fucking awesome. My number four is going to be when Roman Reigns broke Kane's record. Because I actually like Roman Reigns. And to be honest with you, Sean is a fucking idiot. So his hate for Roman Reigns is stupid. Roman Reigns is the fucking man. My number three is going to be when Edge returned. Because I like I was going to say Cena, but you kind of said Cena. And I kind of like Edge more than Cena, Tony. So I decided to go with Edge over Cena in that instance. As, and as you can tell, mine aren't as long and drawn out as Tony's. Because I am a this right now. My number two. Anyways, my number two is going to be... When Mick Foley showed up at the 2012 Rumble. However, Santino's in there as well. So what other better thing to do is to have a Sako versus Cobra fight. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments of any Rumble. Just for the sole purpose of, fuck, dude. Yeah. I think everyone wanted to see that, and I'm glad I got to see that. That is something that will go down. Too bad that didn't lead to one of them getting eliminated. I think they had someone interfere, but no, that was a great moment. And my number one moment is going to be a moment that I think a lot of people will hate on more than they'll like, but this is, it's just a moment for me that I personally like, because it was the first Rumble I personally got to watch, 
And that was kind of when Mysterio won. And the only reason I say this is because of the whole Eddie Guerrero thing. Because that's the only fucking reason why they kind of pushed him, let's be honest. It meant a lot at the time. It It meant a lot at at the the time. At the time, it was one of the best feel-good moments that they had ever produced. Yes. And to me, at the time, I kind of realized it. I was a big Eddie Guerrero fan. And I kind of latched on to Rey Mysterio for a few years after that. And to me, that was definitely, and it still is, my favorite moment, even though I kind of fuck with Mysterio. Like, yeah, he's going to get injured next time he wrestles. But at least he has that win. And also, we kind of eliminated Randy Orton and uh, Triple H at the last two to win. So, good for him. Go, Actually, I think he technically eliminated RVD as well. So, dude, he had a few eliminations that year. So, go Mysterio. That's my top five. Alrighty, Peyton. What are yours? Well, I'm going to do this Cesaro style, and I have a top four ropes list. <laughs> because it's uh, four corners, right? It's four ropes. Actually, I'm doing five because I, I had a hard time limiting it to four. In fact, I wanted to do a ten, but the Royal Rumble is my favorite match of the year. I could sit here and talk all day about my fi- favorite moments, but I, I got you to five. Do if you want to, I, I probably could. Number five is from the 2011 Royal Rumble, and it is John Morrison's. I don't know how it's called, but a Spider-Man type move where he gets thrown off of the ring apron, catches himself on the side guardrail, climbs up to the top like balance beam walks across and then leaps over to the steps. Uh, first off, it was the first time we saw any of these wacky eliminations that Kofi Kingston has become more famous for. And, you know, props to all the ones he's done as well. Also very impressive, but man, that just blew me away. And, just really remind you why a guy like John Morrison had a job there for so long. <laughs> you know, he wasn't a guy who needed to be a world champion, but he's still a guy who can go out there and have some entertaining moments. Uh, I don't number- want him to be a world champion too. I bet he could yeah. if he stayed. Maybe. Number four is from the 2012 Royal Rumble. Now they have a history of having people return from injury at the Royal Rumble. And at the time of the 2012 Royal Rumble, a fellow by the name of Alberto Del Rio was out with injury. So at the Royal Rumble, we hear the buzzer sound and Alberto Del Rio's music starts playing. And it's like, oh, here we go again. Del Rio's probably going to win. But then something different happens. Usually you have a fancy car come out. Not this night. We had a crummy hoopty drive out. And who got out of it but Ricardo Rodriguez, all dressed up like Del Rio, coming out doing his whole shtick. It was hilarious. Um, it, probably one of the few good things i can actually say for having del rio in the company at all we got to have that moment there <laughs> um an honorable mention too to the santino uh, alberto del rio bit when they, they had the other world rumble i love that one number three now bear me with me on this one because you got to really take yourself back in time to the year 1999 I thought you was gonna say 19, <laughs> we had a very different outlook and opinion on the man known as vince mcmahon he was just a commentator for the most part and an interviewer. You never saw him without a jacket. However, going throughout 98 into 99 is when we started getting the Mr. McMahon character feuding with Austin. And people were just salivating, waiting for the day that we would finally see McMahon and Austin in a ring. And our first chance to really get that was when, through a series of events, they became numbers one and two for the 99 Royal Rumble. Austin comes out at number one. Vince McMahon comes out at number two. And this is the first time you ever see Vince McMahon without sleeves. And holy shit. I don't know if you could appreciate it without having gone through that 
moment at that time because now you just know Vince McMahon as the jacked up monster he is. But you always thought of Vince as this like probably pipsqueak little guy in a suit doing commentary. And then he takes that off and he's a fucking Adonis. It's insane. So that just completely blew my mind back then. Uh, well worthy of being on the list. And I don't think it's one of those that people would normally think about. But holy crap. Uh, number two is I'm, – I'm giving it mostly to the 2007, but it involves 2008 as well – is the Shawn Michaels Undertaker saga. Uh, those guys ended up being the last two in the ring at 2007 and ended up having a little mini-match uh, as a little preview of what would eventually come to be at the WrestleManias. Uh, and then they started it off at 2008 as numbers one and two just to, to continue the teasing of it. Uh, fantastic way, the way they built that up. One of the few times they let a storyline go for a year and it actually was enjoyable to watch it expand over that time. I love uh, Michael Buffer's uh, announcement to that, too. He's like, he does not care at all. It's like, <laughs> number one, Undertaker! <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't even announce Shawn Michaels. He's like, HBK, the heartbreaker! And they're like, yeah, all right, well, you're just going to announce Bret Hart as the Hitman, <laughs> Hitman! <laughs> <laughs> The Excellent Tiger, it's the Tiger, 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 Tiger Boom. Boom. The, the best part is the Undertaker one, though, because well, I'm so used to, like, Howard Finkel, you know, the Undertaker, where, like, uh, Justin Roberts really the getting into it. The Undertaker. Yeah, and he's just like, Undertaker. <laughs> 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 it's basically the Eliminator. <laughs> Oh, and, and number one, I'm actually going to share this one with you, Tony. Uh, John Cena returning as the surprise entrant number 30 at the 2008 Royal Rumble means even more to me because I was there in the building that night and I got to experience that moment. I mean, I was stoked enough just to be at my first Royal Rumble and it was an okay show up to that point. But we get to number 30 and the way they did this was so perfect. I mean, first off, they kept it a secret and... The amount of times that you get genuinely surprised in wrestling anymore is so low, like so sadly low between like dirt sheets and internet forums and just like communication we have these days with like you know our own personal chat rooms with each other or whatever. It's very rare you don't know something's going to happen when it's going to happen. Nobody knew Cena was going to be there. They, they did such a great job keeping that a secret. I believe John Cena had a, a timetable of like eight months he was supposed to be out at least – for whatever it was, he tore a pectoral muscle the, the first time he did it, and he returned in, what was it, two and a half? Yeah, it was like three months or something crazy. Astronomical to imagine that even could happen. Um, so the hit, buzzer hits 30, and they don't play the music right away. They just let it linger for a second there, and it's like, huh? So like anyone who wasn't fully paying attention is like, wait, it, what's going on? Where's number 30? And then the music hits, and everyone just goes bonkers i've never seen a new york crowd come unglued for that like you say people normally hate john cena i can tell you there aren't many crowds maybe chicago that hate john cena as much as new york city i mean that crowd all night i remember was booing the heels booing the baby faces and cheering the heels i remember they hated jeff hardy that night they hated Rey mysterio yeah. they were cheering uh jbl they were cheering orton like uh, doing everything against what they would have wanted them to do i think the only face that got a good reaction was flair flair yeah Flair, that's and because that was during a stretch when he was uh, doing his last matches. Mm -hmm. He wrestled MVP that night, which was awesome. That was a great pay-per-view, really. Uh, the debut of um, 
of uh, Mike Adamley. <laughs> lots, yeah, lots of good shit great. happened that night. But yeah, just fantastic. And even him winning, like after that, I, I was okay with it. Like, at least I am now. At the time, I think I was a little upset because, like you said, it was the peak of Cena hate. And man, was that crowd hot coming out. As excited as they were when he came out at 30 was as pissed as they were walking out of the building. I never heard so many disparaging words spoken about John Cena in the stairwells. And I was at WrestleMania 29 where people weren't happy about Cena winning the title then either. But man, after that, people were so pissed. They still watched Raw the next night. It's crazy to think that number 30 comes out, it's John Cena. Everybody hates John Cena and they pop for it. Last year, number 30 comes out. It's Rey Mysterio, and everybody's like, fuck you, right? and, and, and it's not like he's, like, you know, there all the time. It was, like, a return for Rey. He hadn't been there in, like, right. almost a year. Um, and, and to oh, go to, this guy, fuck. And to go to, to Drew's thing about Edge, like, it, it just felt like a, a rehash. I honestly would have preferred if they had Edge come as a surprise engine and not one. I think mm. it would have been better. Especially because Edge also looked fat. He's fat. He was really fat at that period. Lego, what's your uh, list? So, my first favorite moment that comes to mind is it was the year that Batista won for the first time, and it was him versus John Cena in the finals. They both simultaneously get eliminated, and then they're doing the, oh, Batista won, no, John Cena won thing. And then Vince McMahon comes down to fix this chaos that has unfolded. As he slides into the ring, he suddenly falls face down and then proceeds to get it in a sitting position and scream his orders to the referee to restart the match. Why he fell face down? He tore both of his quadricep muscles while sliding into the ring. <laughs> now, now, wait, there's some there's some disparagements about that. So they say that he actually tore the first one sliding into the ring and that he should have stayed down, but because he's such a proud man, he tried to stand up. And then he tore the other one while trying to stand up. Either way, he tore two quadricep muscles. <laughs> and fuck. That just is hilarity at its finest and one of the most memorable moments in any Royal Rumble for me. Next on my list is uh, the three, uh, three faces of Foley. I thought it was just a neat idea and I got a big kick out of it. Next on my list was Rey Mysterio winning the Royal Rumble. And at that time, when Eddie Guerrero was dead, they did a great fucking job with, like, the memorial shows and, like, all of Eddie's friends had come out on top on it. And it was just a bunch of feel-good moments. And then to have all the shit with uh, Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio and their feud of Eddie's in hell, um, it was just kind of awesome to see Rey overcome the odds and eliminate Randy Orton at the end. It just... Um, added to the story, which would eventually be Ray winning the title at WrestleMania. So it was pretty fucking sweet all the way around. Next on my list is the Royal Rumble 2001, and a particular moment during that where it just all unfolded into a hardcore match. There was fucking weapons everywhere, and it was just a lot of fucking fun. And my favorite moment is Shawn Michaels winning the Royal Rumble, and I always forget which year this one is. It's the same one Tony mentioned with the one foot hitting the floor. 95. Yeah. That Royal Rumble ending was so fucking cool. One foot! One foot! The first time I ever got... The first time I ever got to go... What? (laughs) You done? I don't know, that's Vince. He kept saying that for like five minutes. One foot! One (laughs) foot! 
But the first time I ever got to a wrestling ring and got to learn how to do anything, and just like took some time to try and skin the cat like he <laughs> like he does afterwards. Yo, do you and... remember the time Big Show skinned the cat? Was it around the same time he did this magical mythical moonsault? No, this was in like two thousands. Oh, you're in about uh, the boss man match at Armageddon. Whatever it was, I just remember him doing a skin cat once in a Royal Rumble, and it blew my fucking mind. Wasn't it like, I don't know, like two thousand four or something? No, it was actually a more recent it. one. It was like two thousand twelve. Two thousand eleven? Maybe it might have been two thousand ten. Now that you said that, I think it was. Like, I think it was Undertaker throwing him out, and yeah, he just like skins the cat. I'm like, holy fucking <laughs> shit! Yeah, the only time I could imagine he did that was when he fought Mayweather because he was his back in shape around that time. Mm-hmm. That that probably was like the year after that. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, Shawn Michaels winning the Rumble um, is my top one, and that's it for my top five. Alrighty, guys, tell us what your top rope list is by leaving a comment below, or if it's a really long one, you know, you want to do your top twenty-eight or anything like that, you could always leave a comment on smartoutmoment.com. And uh, that's going to be our main event for this episode. We still have the Fantasy League to talk about in the next part, so click on that next video. You guys know what to do by now, right? I hope that you do. You burp, that's what you do. There you go. Welcome to the final segment of episode 165, everybody. Final segment, you guys guys know what that means. It's the Fantasy League, so Peyton, hit us with the news of the uh, recent standings. Uh, nothing too much to report. Last week was the big news week. If you have been following our fantasy league and you did not hear the updates from last week's show, I cannot implore on you enough to go check that out. Lots of big trades happening, uh, people being fired, which impacted the scores of this more than anything has throughout the entire season. Uh, in one night, we, we saw more happen in the fantasy league than anything else. So go and check that out. However, this week, not much to really report on. All the standings remain the sta- same. Uh, Steven Wago's team still sitting in last place. Sean Walker's, uh, I should say the team name, shouldn't I? Steven Wago, who has now rebranded his team, Team Miguel's Eyebrows, is in last place. Uh, in fifth place, about that. Sean Walker's Team Five Times of Doom is in fifth place. Tony Mango's Tony's Tykes climb themselves up to fourth place. Miguel Leon's team best for business in third. Drew White's the Drew crew in second. And my team next gen reclaimed our position back at the top in first place. So with that, let's take a look at the other things to get done. Like I said, we had a shit ton of trades happen last week. Is there anything that happened this week? Let's find out. Miguel is not here to make any trades. I am not making any trade. Wago, you get to go first this week. No. No? All right, Tony. Damn, I was kind of hoping somebody would make a trade, but since nobody did, I think I'm sticking with mine. Drew? I am good and hood. All right. Like I said, nothing at all really going on this week. So if you want some Fantasy League news, go back and listen to last week again. It was a pretty fun show. We even went off topic like we usually do, and I think we had some good banter during that segment. So, uh, yeah, go back and listen to that. And for all the updates with Fantasy League stuff, go to KeepingKFabe.com or follow the official Keeping KFabe Facebook or Twitter pages. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the Twitter pages. On the Twitter? <laughs> like okay, just Chris Jericho. Jericho says it. Twitter! Twitter! Alright, guys. That's going to do all the content for this episode. The only thing left is the plug. So, Drew, hit us with uh, whatever you got to plug. Well, we are, we got the uh, addressive wife for the Twitters, you know. Uh, fuck Tony's Tykes. 
And yeah, that's really about it. You know, you can check me out on websites that these guys do, podcasts that these guys do, Wagos Rants, shit. Yeah, go team. Everyone on three. Great. Peyton? If you enjoyed this show of us talking about wrestling and sometimes not wrestling, join us every Monday night for the most interactive post-roll experience available. Oh, my God. Uh, if you didn't hear that, it was megapowersradio.com if you have not joined us on there. When I say the most interactive, I mean it. There's a phone line you can call in. There's a chat room with lots of cool people chatting alongside whatever we're talking about. It's always a raucousy good time, something to do on a Monday night after Raw to keep the fun rolling or maybe get the fun started in some cases. Uh, almost guaranteed to be a more entertaining show than Raw was. In fact, we have people who don't even watch Raw and just do not turn up for the show. So that's how much of a good time we have there. Every Monday night, following Raw, MegapowersRadio.com. And Wego. Yeah, definitely go with the uh, show that Peyton just said. We also demoralize you if you're a retard and call in. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you enjoy wrestling content, you can check out Wego Rants, where I rant on MMA, pro wrestling, and whatever's on my mind. Uh, also check out UDMMA for all your MMA content. That's UDMMA.com, Facebook.com slash UDMMA, and Twitter.com slash UDMMA. Also, I just did an episode of Addicted to Anime on Mega Powers Radio, so go back and check that. It's available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. We covered Death Note, and if you enjoyed my dark places about talking about death and stuff tonight, there's more of that in Death Note, so check that out. And whenever Wago gets it up on fanboysanonymous.com, it'll be up on there too. Wago. Yeah, that. <laughs> Uh, obviously I mentioned a lot of my stuff in the rest hold everybody. The only other thing that I need to point out is next week we will be doing the Royal Rumble predictions contest. I know a lot of people are, uh, excited for that. A lot of people like that. Yo, yo, Tony, I'm going to take this opportunity here while we're live on the show. I'm just saying we're, we're going to the Royal Rumble live. Something I used to love doing at Royal Rumbles and I haven't done in a while is the Royal Rumble pool. Essentially, we just take all the numbers, throw them into a hat or a bucket. We each draw numbers, and we take ownership over that number and whatever star comes out. Then we battle out to see who wins. Sounds cool to me. We're going to do that. We're going to film it, folks. We'll do it live. We'll, we'll do it live. It'll we'll be pre We'll figure out something to do. We're, yeah, if you guys have any suggestions of what we could do during the Royal Rumble itself or beforehand or something like that, it's going to be a little bit more difficult than the last time I had filmed anything because that was WrestleMania and, you know... Um, we're doing that in the middle of the yeah. We're, we were doing that in the middle of the day because we had a lot of uh, time where we could just goof off and it was brighter out and all that. So uh, keep that in mind. But we, I'm sure, we're going to be goofing off in the parking lot a little bit and trying to do some stuff. So any suggestions you guys have, shoot us our way. I mean, it doesn't hurt to to throw it out there. You never know. Um, we'll try to get that involved. We'll try to get. Uh, you know, Dace and uh, Chuck and Dane and ourselves do something fucking crazy. I don't know what, but um, that's going to happen next week. And then the week afterward, we will do our review of the Royal Rumble. And hopefully I'll be able to upload a bunch of video content, too. Uh, I think that's essentially all that we've got going on. There's nothing too crazy that isn't mentioned already in the rest hold. So if you didn't check out the rest hold, go back and listen to that. Do it anyway. I know it's uh, a suffering kind of thing to do sometimes, but do it anyway. Uh, and for everybody on the panel, everybody who couldn't be here and all that other kind of stuff, this has been another Smart Out Moment. I'm Tony Mango, and we are being counted out.
outro, outro. When you got that family, yeah, you could still get paid by the double double E. Yeah, you really have it made. Every cousin that you had went through their final hour. My dead family, it's my superpower. My dead family, my dead family. My dead family, it's my superpower. I look at you, I see someone. My family tree is filled with no one. You got a show? I'll never show up. Because my uncle got shot with big shows gun. Shows gun, shows gun. When you got the family, yeah, you can still get paid by the double double E. Yeah, you really have it made. Every cousin that you had went through their final hour. My dead family, it's my superpower. Dead family, my dead family. My dead family, it's my superpower. That was good. Wow. <laughs> that, was that was really good. Wow. Yeah. Early contender for best uh, outro of the year. If that was up against the... You know what? That even has fucking uh, Tony's Christmas one. <laughs> that was no, 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 I don't know if it will top that one. But yeah, that was, that that was, was fucking really good. good. That was good. Nailed that one. Nailed it. It was. I don't know. Nailed it, was it like you're gonna nail it. It was good. How, how rare do we actually like have like praise banter after an outro and it's not just like laughing or some stupid comments like what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, wow, fuck! You put a lot of work into that. Damn. <laughs> Poor Otunga. Just like a shit ton more about his family. <laughs> his uncle got shot with big shows. <laughs> I thought that was true.